Hey there, angry faithful. I just wanted to drop in, bend your ear a little bit, get your attention. So if you're not listening, drop what you're doing and pay attention to me. Because I'm here to inform you that not only can you get your daily, maybe if you're binging it, I'm not sure, that's entirely up to you, but you can multiply your doses of angry me fuckery by paying attention to all of the platforms upon which you can find either the dulcet tones of my voice and David's voice or my pretty face and David's not-so-pretty face. Anyways, digressing. We, not only on we are on YouTube, we are on Spotify, we're on Rumble, we're on Google, Apple Podcast. We have a TikTok page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook. So if you find yourself fuckery deprived, curl up with a nice hot mug of shut the fuck up and just listen. Open those ear holes and be prepared to be cream pied like it's the first time. Thanks for listening. Welcome. Welcome, angry <laughs> faithful. Today we're going to talk about ferret leggings. Ferret leggings was an endurance test or stunt in which ferrets are trapped in the trousers worn by a participant, also known as put, uh, put them down. The ferret trousers, it seems to have a popular among coal miners in Yorkshire, England. Contestants put live ferrets in their trousers. The winner is the one who is the last to release the animal. Yeah, you heard that right, Johnny. There we, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff I find on the internet. This is awesome. So, so we willingly shove ferrets yeah. in our pants. Yes. And the winner is the last one to take them off. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it goes, man. Let me... That doesn't seem much more of a sport, but more of like a like a rush week thing for fraternities. Yeah, and fucking phenomenal. Oh, and and I fraternities out... belonging to the Alphabet Gang at that. Yeah, I figured out something yesterday because I was kind of curious. Okay. Okay. Uh, putting all of all, uh, putting our stuff up front and everything like that because I was because I know you said mm-hmm. these words in the uh, in the in the the not clean intro uh but which which i fixed <clears throat> yeah we 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 fixed that but you know that 30 second long uh thing to where we can't cuss and everything yeah the intro was blowing it all to blowing it all to no 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 it wasn't one second afterwards you say fuck And depending on which uh, intro, which uh, like the psychos and sociopaths, we can't worry about. We don't worry about the uh, nerd sports, maybe. But the uh, uh, what the hell episodes? Mm-hmm. You're one second afterwards. You say a, you say fuck. I mean, legitimately, it's actually like 1.25. 
seconds afterwards. I suddenly feel like I need to work on myself as a person. <laughs> <laughs> like good or bad. Pick oh, pick. oh, uh, I have to re, I have to, uh, another thing is, is I have to re-record that, uh, dildo, uh, suppressor, uh, thing. I, I, I only have to record the, uh, the. Did it work? No. It was three to four decibels lower. I, uh, Tansy asked about that too. He was like, uh, did it, did it work? I was like, it's only like three or four decibels. It's like, I, so I wouldn't wear, uh, I wouldn't put one on in a combat. I wouldn't say that. I'd put it on there for fucking fear factor. More or less like, Fix bayonets, fix dildos. I want to mount a bicycle horn to a picnicity rail. Yeah. So that way, if somebody breaks into my house, the last thing they hear before they get smoked is a bicycle horn. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not, uh, before we get going and everything like that. What, what my one, uh, one of my, one of my coworkers said he's like, "Fuck that! I got a muzzle brick that looks like a dick." So there's that. You can get a muzzle brick that looks like a dick. The other thing is uh, that uh, the ball got him on a budget right now. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> the balls, the ball, the balls on the dildo and everything does make. The only reason why I didn't use it as a handle. Is because I didn't know exact. I I I could feel where the barrel was, but I didn't feel comfortable. I felt like I was going to shoot my fucking thing, uh, hand off. But you can use it as a handle. It has a good grip. Good grip. So good grip. It was <sighs> it was fucking phenomenal. So, uh, fill of dreams. It was uh, ballistic. What the hell? No. Ballast. Ballastistic. Okay, I got you. Ballastastic. Ballastastic. That's a better word. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, fill, the, fill the dreams uh, baseball. Mm. Yeah, the, the fill the dreams game was uh, last Thursday. It was, you know, okay, so... I missed most of the pregame, but I did see the pregame festivities on the field. Um, uh, King Gershu Jr. and King Gershu Sr. Uh, dude, I, I, that I almost cried. Is I got to watch Griffey Jr. play in person when we lived up in Washington State while before my dad retired from the Navy. And growing up, he's always been my favorite ball player. I was never a Mariners fan, but I was a Griffey Jr. guy. Right? Mm-hmm. And I got to witness seeing him and his dad play on the same field that season. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was great. I mean, just absolutely amazing, right? I used to have a poster that had Griffey Jr. Griffey Sr.'s locker next to each other, and it said Griffey, the next generation. It was a play on the Star Trek show that was out of time. So... You know, I was like, all right, cool. Um, but watching Griffey Jr. walk out of the corn 
and then his dad follow up behind him and then he looks at his dad and says hey dad can i have a catch dude sent chills up my arm and i'm sitting there watching these guys play and, and griffy throws that first ball over to his dad and his dad his dad drops it yeah i've seen that <laughs> i mean i'm laughing you know, and 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 I'm like, man, this dude. I got, junior, I got junior, all of my emotions watching that pregame. Junior was shaking his head. He was, he was, and you know, and <laughs> leave it to Mike Napoli. <clears throat> Mike Napoli played first base for the Red Sox in 2013 when they won the World Series, mm-hmm. and um, he he now is uh working with david ross who played catcher that season also um as first base coach for the chicago cubs david ross is the manager and they're they're showing the camera is looking into the cubs dugout and mike napoli comes out of the out of the out of the tunnel into the dugout and he's got one of those personal massage guns in his hand Mm -hmm. he reaches over and cup checks (laughs) One of the bench coaches on national TV live. <laughs> I saw it. And I'm like, wait, did that just happen? Oh, yeah, that just happened. And it was, dude, it was hilarious because, you know, you've got the beauty and the simplicity and just the majesty of the game. And then it, it pans over. And the next shot that you see is Mike Napoli nut tapping somebody but shows that these are just a bunch of grown men playing a kid's game and they're having fun at it. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, it, I mean, it was a good game. I, I love the fact that they, they took the time to mic up some guys while they're playing this game. And uh, Joey Votto, he plays uh, center field. No, no, he plays right field. Right field for the Reds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they were talking to him during the game and, you know, he he was talking about how he wore out the family's copy, VHS copy of the Field of Dreams at home when he was growing up because, you know, it, it just inspired him to be a ball player and, him and his dad would play catch every day for years. And his dad, a few months ago, uh, passed away from cancer. And he says, you know, I'm out here on this field longing to play catch with my dad out here. And I'm out here actually on this field playing this game. That, and man, that, that, that's like dude, right there. Dude, that's that's I don't care who you are. There is no ninjas in the room. I'm straight up crying, right? You know, so I'm just like I'm thinking about like my dad, thinking about my boys and just wanting to go there specifically just to do that. And you know, yeah, they won't have the game next year because of construction, but they're going to resume it in 2024. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm just like, man, that's amazing. You know, I, I want I want to be able to do that, you know. And, I mean, even if we don't stay there, you know, like at actually at the field per day, 
Um, because I mean, let's face it, that's a thirty-seven hundred dollar weekend right there, not counting airfare, you know, and then food and transportation to and from the airport. So, you know, to take everybody that I want to take to that field, we're probably looking at closer to ten grand, you know, um, just for a weekend, you know, just to say, hey, put your put your ball gloves in your bags and let's go, um, but. I mean, but it wouldn't make for one hell of a road trip, and I don't know. It, it, it's it's part of the part of the romanticism of the game, uh, just this the, the magic that it holds, and you know, it's just that when they're talking to Joey Votto, and I'm, I'm just like, you know what, that it's just that that's it right there. That's that's what this game is about. And at the at the root of it all, it's it's about family and and the memories that you can make through the game, and the game itself, and you know the fact that Ted Williams nailed it correctly when he said that baseball is is a perfect game. We're just blessed as individuals because we get to watch imperfect men play it, and I, I just I can't I I could go on and on and on and on and on, and you and I have done that off camera at nauseum. Um, mm-hmm. for that, you know, specifically on that subject, but um, it, it, if it wasn't, I mean, for crying that, out loud, I have got Fenway Park in my wedding band, so know. you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, it, there, it, it's it's just that. But um, as far as uh, current baseball news, it, there's there's a lot of things people are not happy with. I mean, the Yankees, um, Yankees dropped two out of three uh, with a recent uh, series over the weekend. At Fenway Park, um, it's not that it's not that the Red Sox suddenly got that much better. It's the fact that it's just the Yankees' offense is struggling, and the pitching staff is falling apart. and And, and it's almost like kind of like they peaked too soon. Um, I mean, they're they're scratching and, and clawing. They're trying to figure out ways to get hot again. I mean, we're talking ten losses in their last twelve games. Okay. And anybody who plays for New York, it doesn't matter what team from New York you play for, whether it be the Yankees, the Giants, uh, you know, any of their basketball teams, their their hockey team, uh, the Mets, it doesn't matter. Um, if if you play in the New York media market, you are gonna get lambasted if you're not putting together wins. And you know, it's 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 kind of laughable um, when we look at what is happening. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's it's you know, everybody kind of you know nobody at the beginning of the season nobody expected the Yankees to come out of the gates firing the way that they did, but at the same time, as soon as they started winning games the way that they were, everybody was ready just to hand them the division, hand them the league pennant, and then just coronate them with their 28th World Series championship. But every team that has had success early on in the season has been the unfortunate recipient of a lot of that. And you start getting right around the trade deadline. Sometimes it's before, most of the time it's after. Um, it, it's not. I mean, especially they made this huge, huge, huge deal. Um, 
um, a deal about getting rid of Joni, or Joey Gallo. Uh, they traded him, traded for him from the Texas Rangers uh, a couple of years ago. They got Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in that same deal. Uh, Joey Gallo has been a sl- lights-out slugger, a pr- uh, prolific home run hitter over the last few years. And he spent the last, what amounts to a full season, um, okay, uh, let me see. Well, right now the Dodgers are on a 12-game winning streak, so. They're, yeah, um, they're, they're on actually a 12 head, game. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much on the headways. And they have, from what from what I was watching, they haven't been. Uh, it was just one of those curiosity things. And yes, I I do keep in touch with the sports stuff for the show, uh, even though I'm not a sports guy. Uh, but yeah. they've they've been in the playoffs almost like for about twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So. The problem with the Dodgers, the Dodgers are basically the West Coast version of the Yankees, especially after Magic Johnson went in with that ownership group. They went in there and they bought it, uh, and they started putting together lineups that were supposed to guarantee a world title to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, they go out and they make these trades to move up in the draft to get and Kershaw from South Lake, Texas. They go out there and they get um, Max Muncy. They, you know, and, you know, they I mean they do all kinds. So they're of basically things, trying right? to pull off what the uh, Chargers did last year. Well, well, you mean the Rams? No, yeah, where well, they're trying to do that. Was it now, Rams? No, oh. the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Los Angeles is a over supersaturated sports market. It's got four baseball or two baseball teams and two football teams. Within its within its you know greater metropolitan area, you've got the Los Angeles Chargers, the Los Angeles Char- uh, Rams, the LA Dodgers, and then you've got the LA Angels of Anaheim. Now, I mean that's just a short trip down What's whatever the, highway, whatever uh, highway that yeah. is. Do what now? No, and then you got the LA Kings, you know, and then you've got the LA Clippers. Uh, you got the LA Lakers. I mean, it's, you got so much professional sports rammed into that small area. Um, you know, it's just, uh, with the exception, but you keep those actors like entertained. So they stay there <sighs> to hell with Hollywood, man. Really? Um, well, Hollywood many, rarely gets anything right. How many teams do, uh, does New York have? I know they have like, okay. They got the Yankees. They got the giants. They got the Mets. They've got, um, they've got the Brooklyn nets or no way. Okay. Hold on. They got the Yankees, the Mets. Um, they got the New York Islanders. They've got the New York Rangers. Those are their hockey teams. So that's four. You've got the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and was then I think another, they've got. I think they've got a soccer there's another, team. There's another uh, New York. Oh, and the New York Jets. Is so you're you're, like you're you're lo- you're looking at you're looking at nine professional sports organizations. Just in the New York area. There's two. Isn't there like two hockey teams in New York? Yeah, the Islanders and the and the the Rangers. I counted them. What What's the uh? What What did uh, Wayne Gretzky play for? 
Wayne Gretzky played for the New York or for the LA Kings. Oh, okay. but, well, in the majority of his career, he would play for the Kings. Um, I think he played in Edmonton. He played uh, played in uh, on I think Ontario. No, you know what? Don't get to don't don't get me sideways with the hockey crew. Um, I, I believe I know for a fact that he played the majority of his career with the LA Kings. So I think that that's what he was inducted in the NHL Hall of Fame with. So yeah, but um, because they're but, I they're, mean, they're but just flag. the fact that the, yeah, I, you know, and and when Joey Gallo he he got traded to uh to the Dodgers. Okay. Um, for some prospects, I believe, and Joey Gallo said he like he he absolutely hated it, hated it in New York, and once he got out of New York, he went out there and uh you know just started hitting bombs and it yeah that I had to switch back over to my regular camera here and or the phone camera for whatever reason the continuity apps I'm still testing the beta so that whole thing there. Um but When when he get I mean when he gets out to L.A. <laughs> I mean he cheated because the um, the New York Yankees have this shaving rule where you have to be clean shaven. Well, he he pretty much figured he was out the door, so he started growing his beard a few days ahead of time. So when they announced the trade, he already had a head start on his beard that he had in Texas when he got out to L.A. And he's out there hitting home runs for them. For the Yankee, uh, for the no, Rangers? for the for the Dodgers. Oh, for the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, just the New York media is not for the faint of heart, man. I mean, really, um, they are fucking br- brutal, dude. They're brutal, dude, and they are some of the most condescending and childish uh, media outlets out there, too. Um, when the when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018, they mm-hmm. were like, "Okay, Red Sox World Series titles nine, Yankees still 27." You know, and it was like, "Uh huh, yeah." But that's how deep the rivalry goes, though. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean it, it 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 doesn't matter if the Yankees are playing at Fenway Park or not. You'll at some point during the course of any given any given Red Sox home game, you will hear the chants. Yankees suck break out at some point during the course of a ball game. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, and then you get the Yankees fans like, Oh, we got 27 world championships. Oh, okay. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, that's a cool story, bro. But, you know, um, Dusty Baker, uh, manager for the Astros, he's really starting to come under some fire. Um, I mean, he's out there putting people in the lineup that, Make no sense. Um, the, the the Astros have, the, the Astros have wasn't that the same manager that uh, helped out with the uh, uh, no stealing no that was the, no that was AJ Hinch and AJ Hinch is the uh, manager for uh, I forget who he's managing for now uh, uh, the Tigers uh, he's up in Detroit now but Dusty Baker I mean, he's an old school guy. Um, he's been in baseball for decades and he's really 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm all about these legacy managers, you know, that that are like a throwback to where the way baseball used to get played. Uh, Tony Larusso, the manager for the uh, White Sox, Chicago White Sox, he's been filmed falling asleep in the dugout during games, and then when he wakes up, he has no clue what the hell is going on in the game, and he makes some boneheaded management decision and pulls a player or puts in a play, you know, calls a play at the plate, you know, whatever that really doesn't benefit the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting ranked over the coals in Chicago, but Dusty Baker's starting to hear some critics chirping a little bit louder uh, in, in Houston um, just because he's been putting the team in a position or in positions to drop games here lately. Um, I'm trying to look at standings here real quick because I know that I know that the Astros are still in first place of their division by like 12 games. So them making the playoffs, it's kind of a no brainer, but they've, they've lost. Uh, they've only won six out of the last 10. And some of those games are to teams that they should have just kind of rolled over, but uh, they lost last night, four to two in, in Chicago playing the white Sox. They're playing them again tonight. Uh, and then um, Seattle's been on a hot streak. They've they've won six out of their last ten. Um, they're uh, like nine games over five hundred. Uh, Boston is at last place. Good God, it's terrible. Um, we're fifteen games back from the Yankees. Uh, two games under five hundred. It's just like yeah, it's it's horrible. I have. I have absolutely no ill-conceived pre, you know, in, you know, notions of grandeur that my Red Sox are going to make the playoffs this year. But it's still nice to see them beat the, you know, beat the Yankees. But uh, at any rate, yeah, it baseball's starting to wind down a little bit. We're in the last, let's see, August, September, October. So we're we're really in the last month and a half of the of the regular season. So we're we're in the last month month and a half of the regular season, and then we're going to start seeing with this expanded playoff format that that Robert Manclown decided to introduce, where he opened it up to twelve teams, uh, taking the wild card spot from two game or from two teams to opening up to three, and then eliminating the elimination play play in game, uh, is which is essentially game one sixty three, um, and and it's almost to the point. And he's even been quoted as saying he would love to see every team get into the playoffs. And it's like, then what's the point of having a regular season? Yeah. I hate that. You know, if you're, if you're going to dilute yeah. If you're going to dilute the playoff uh, field to the point where everybody gets in, what is the point of having standings in the first place? What's the point of playing 162 games over the, over the course of six months? You know, it's a grind. It's always been a, grind it's been a grind for decades leave it alone and quit trashing the game you want to introduce pitch clocks fine you want to speed the game up that's great because it just it prevents guys from stepping out of the box for too long it prevents pitchers from you know towing the rubber and just playing with their glove in between pitches and taking 20 minutes you know it it, that's fine if you want to you know I really don't agree with the idea of a robotic strike zone, but I think that the umpires behind the plate calling those balls and strikes need to be held more accountable. Um, 
you know, I, I like the fact that replay has kind of evolved into what it has. Uh, this year, they've introduced microphones on the on the on the on the crew chief for for the umpiring crews, and they call or they they get on their microphone and they explain to the crowd what would happen. You know, it's almost like the NFL where the referees are down on the field and yeah. and he's telling you know after further review kind of a thing. I like that because it it just it tells the crew that. it tells the crowd exactly what's going on. Why did they just start doing that? What they should have done that a long time ago. Because they started doing that like a lot of that has got to do with the CBA, the the collective bargaining agreement with the players union. Um, You know, you get, you get, you're, you're going to have a lot of these guys that are just like, um, well, you know, it's, I, I think a lot of it, I would say the technology hasn't been there, but like with the NFL, um, the instant replay used to be at that stadium. And you had the camera angles from the TV and you had the camera angles that were there at the stadium there for that. Now, when they started sending everything to New York, for both the NFL and the MB- or MLB, there are cameras all over these stadiums looking at every conceivable angle. Um, they've got a, they've got a, 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 a camera that looks over the top of home plate. They got one that is buried in the field that looks at home plate. They've got, um the bags you know the 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 bases are mic'd up the they've got cameras in them they've got cameras around them and they're all set down into the field so where we can see these different camera angles and they can break it down frame by frame to see if the ball is in the net of the glove before the player's foot hits the base or vice versa you know kind of a thing and i think it's just it's had to evolve and you know, with the replay, I get it. I like it. I think we need to keep that. Um, I think that it needs to be tweaked a little bit as far as like what's included in instant replay or, or uh, uh, challenges as far as non-challengeable plays. Um, I, I think that definitely for sure, if, um, you know, we were to have inst- – if we'd had instant replay in baseball a few years ago um, – uh, that pitcher Galaragas, I think his last name was, uh, pitched for uh, Detroit. Uh, Jim Joyce blew that, blew what should have been the final out of that perfect game. Um, he he called he called the runner safe when he was clearly out. I mean he he admitted the next day he said I kicked the shit out of that call, and and he apologized. And then the next day, in a very very huge show of class, the pitcher from the the days day prior, mm-hmm. the one who had perfect game taken away from presented the lineup card to that umpire the next day before the game and they hugged and he was just like look man it happens you know it's whatever and you know so i mean that that we should have had that perfect game back um now do i think instant replaying baseball needs to be retroactive absolutely not um and it's not because i'm a red sox fan and there's games out there that might have gone the other way because those games are already final and you can't you can't overturn the results of that game, yeah. Because you don't know. Okay, if you take a run off the board, well, okay, that's going to put it in, into extra innings. What are you just going to knock that one as a tie? And then how are you going to figure out the way that the standings are supposed to, you know, fall? How are those going to be amended? And and you know, if it had to come to like, okay, you got a tie, and now you got two teams tied for the last playoff spot. What are you going to have those guys come out of retirement just to play that game? 
to figure out who was going to eventually go on and maybe win the World Series? That would no. be fucking hilarious. Especially if one has, like, like uh, oxygen thing, they're, like, pulling around that big fucking uh, uh, canister and everything. That would be fucked off, mind you. But it's you'd get, you'd get old-timers out there with arthritis in their hands, and we're talking knuckles as big as our nose, on a hover-round scooter. <laughs> you know, they're in there hitting off a tee. But yeah, I know, right? No, um, let's see here. Football news. Um, Zach Wilson, the uh, Jets quarterback, he's already gone for the year. Yeah, I was reading that. I was gonna get uh, there's yeah, he blew his meniscus, he underwent surgery. Um, their offensive tackle, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Beckham, what, what is his first name? Um, uh, Mackay, Mackay Beckham or Beck. Beckton. He was placed on the injured reserve list. Um, let me see here. Um, something a little bit local for you. Uh, let me see here. I'm looking NFC East. The Cowboys haven't cut anybody yet. Uh-uh. Um, uh-uh. Nope, you got the wrong. Well, at least not this sir. past week. Nope, you got that wrong, sir. No, uh, I'm looking... I'm looking on the NFL page right now. I'm looking, I'm looking at uh, the sports. Cowboys make five cuts, including spring FA signing, to get down to 85 players. Okay, so this was that. This was yesterday. So okay, this is All on. Right. Yeah, uh, Cowboys. Uh, they must reduce from 90 to 85 roster by Tuesday. Uh, well, three, then they because if they, you if you scroll down if you scroll down further to where the Cowboys are listed. They don't have any. They've got a bullet point, but there's no, there's no names attached to that. But by they haven't, they haven't. Yeah, they have to cut they, people, but they haven't done it yet. They have. Now, they, I don't know they, if this is they indicative. Do have names, though they well, have. Well, I'm sure they do. They have people that need to be cut, or people that they would like to see cut, or people that they think should get cut. But at least as of this week. They have not officially cut anybody from their roster yet. Well, from what they're saying is the team must cut down to 81 players. Right. Must cut down does not yeah. equate to or translate into everybody else's okay. English that they have. So. All right. I'm, must, I'm sorry. Must, 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 must don't. Or, I'm, or, sorry. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. The word must translate translates in both American and the King's English, Queen's English, rather, a meaning of necessity. So that means they have to. So you would beat a side. You would beat a dead horse, wouldn't you? I mean, you're. I I told you I was wrong, and I'm sorry. And you just kept on hitting me with your words. (laughs) 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 Okay. T.J. Basher um, played for Texas Tech. He went to Ryder High School there in Wichita Falls. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been. He's been really. Um, he's been opening some eyes for people at at the Dallas uh, training camp. So we'll see what happens, man. I'd like to see I'd like to see somebody from Wichita Falls area represent. Uh, you know, wearing wearing the cowboy star, but we'll see what happens, man. Uh, the big big story uh, this week out of the NFL wasn't on the field; it was uh, in fan, in the the homes of fans. Uh, specifically season ticket holders. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders sent their season ticket holders 
these huge ornate lit boxes and i'm not talking lit like oh them a guy they own fire no i'm talking legitimately had led lights on the inside of these boxes holding their season tickets along with vouchers and stuff like that and you know all kinds of cool stuff right how much does season tickets cost I, i haven't even looked at it because i know that i don't make that kind of money but um I mean, I would, I, I, I would, I would venture to maybe get Houston Texan tickets, but that doesn't make me a Texans fan. It's just, eh. You know, if I were, if I wanted to consume football on that kind of a level, where you know, I would go drive and you know drive the forty minutes into Houston to go to NRG, you know, half the season, then yeah, sure. But nah, I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't think I. I, I as it is. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get tickets to take my wife and my sister-in-law to AT&T Stadium in December to watch the Texans play the Cowboys. Um, try being the operative word there. But um, I don't know. Um, let me see here. I don't see any names out here that, that really kind of jump out at me. I'm scrolling through these cut lists already, and... I'm I'm not really all that impressed um with with the names. Well, I, I say impressed. It's more like I'm I'm kind of taken aback. Um so I'm I'm scrolling through and I don't see any names okay. that jump out got, at me. I just I just got the price. It's one thousand six hundred and twenty eight dollars for upper level seats. Nope. Nope. What? Mm mm. Nope. <laughs> I'm not paying that. Oh, nope. okay. That's for a that's for a nosebleed seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, that's all. That's all the games. How many games are there? Mm. Well, it's not the number of games they play. It's how many games they play at home. That's what you're buying tickets for. Yeah. Oh. But football news has really kind of been ho-hum this week so we'll, well, we'll it, see what happens next week <clears throat> um nascar news uh kevin harvick has won he, he we had this huge drought of winless uh this huge winless streak um i think it was stretching back like almost almost a season and a half almost a full two seasons and then he's he's reeled off two victories in a row um next week they're going to a road course uh, Watkins Glen, um, and that's that's where Chase Elliott won his first race. He's already fa- heavily favored to win that race going into it next Sunday. Um, they're going to have like ten international drivers making their Cup debut on Sunday at Watkins Glen because you've got all these NASCAR teams that are fielding an extra car, or they're pulling their regular driver to put what they call as a road course ringer into it. And we're talking Indy. Uh, Formula One drivers are coming over. Um, uh, you got road course specialists that are that that do things like Le Mans, you know, those endurance races. Yeah, um, they're fielding ten, and that is the most in NASCAR <laughs> history, where ten international drivers have come over. Um, and, and something that's got a lot of people's feathers ruffled, mine kind of included a little bit. Um. 
right now you've got Chevy, Ford, and and Toyota as the three manufacturers in Cup right now in NASCAR. Honda has been fielding a Cup car, and it's got a lot of people. They're like, "What? Why? Why? You you gonna further dilute it? I mean, it, it's just it, there's when Dodge left." And it, and it brought the number of manufacturers back down to three. The sport kind of settled down because you had a lot of people that were coming in and they were like running a one car or two car team. And these one car teams, they were called start and parkers. So what they would do is they would come in, they would start the race, run a few laps and then pull it into the garage and park it and collect a paycheck. And it really was kind of damaging the sport and these, the, the you know, like Dodge, and even Ford to an extent and some Chevy teams, they were, you know, they were coming in and they were, they were setting down. They were, they were setting down these, these low, low price entry, entry points or low price points for, for team owners to come in. And it was really kind of like, you started to see that, that haves and haves nots line can a little bit more clearly defined. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially the teams that had manufacturer support, like Hendrick, um, uh, Roush, Roush, uh, Roush, uh, the Roush Fenway Group, uh, before Brad Keselowski uh, bought into it to make it uh, uh, Roush Ke- uh, Keselowski Racing. Um, they had manufacturer support directly from Ford, directly from Chevrolet. And so they had the money to go out and test. They had the money to go out and, and tweak with the bodies, the chassis, and put them in the wind tunnels and do all the testing that they needed. And it really started to show because they were the ones that you, either Roush would win or Hendrick would win, or every once in a while you'd see um, Richard Childress Motorsports, you know, or Richard Childress Racing, rather. They would come in and they would win a race every once in a while. Um, when they brought in this next-gen car, Eventually, I'm going to learn not to hit my microphone. But they would—they brought in this next-gen car that they're that they're fielding this year. See, I just did it again. See, you're um, like an Italian; you have to use your hands. I do, but and what's funny is that there's no Italian in me at all, hey, like none. But uh, that was really bad. I'm so yeah. sorry. I I will probably do that again, but I'm going to promise to try not to. But um. And I lost my train of thought. Oh my god! Okay, so when they brought in this next gen car, it it had NASCAR had all the intentions of bringing this car in for the sole purpose of parity, um, you know, leveling the playing field. If you had a fixed entry point or a price point, the cars would only cost a certain amount of money to field. Um, parts were supposed to be plentiful, and then when Biden took office, we had this huge supply chain shortage. And it it just made things really, really tight budgetary wise for the team owners. And you know, and and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Whenever I was listening to the Dale Jr. download, he had Denny Hamlin on, and yeah. he was talking about pricing. You know, the the cost to fix these cars after a race, and that that carbon fiber underskirt that they've got underneath the cars, that's a five thousand dollar piece right there. And it has to be. And they. And it has to be on the car, and there's only one place to get them. And and you know they can't, they're not allowed by NASCAR to have like a carbon fiber guy 
manufacturer of those because if you start getting you start manufacturing them in-house there's going to be you know the guys are going to spend money trying to figure out a way to make it lighter to make it better to you know do to to get an edge and that the, never the, happens i bet there's a grunt in there dude um what was it it, it said uh Dale Jr. actually had a show, one of his episodes, where he talked about cheating. And Dale Waltrip, one of the legends of the sport, used to talk about in the back in the day when he used to run a car for Jimmy or, um, Junior Johnson. Mm-hmm. That they would put in the in the in the frame of the car. They would put, they'd fill it with buckshot, lead shot, right? Okay. And there was a, a switch to flip inside the car, and it would empty out onto the track behind it. It would make his car lighter. Lighter, yeah, okay. Okay. And they knew he was cheating. They just couldn't figure out how. And so they went all over this car. Never found any. Well, Dale World Trip was on an episode. They did a live episode when the, the circuit was in Nashville. And <laughs> he said, they'd put my car up on jacks and they couldn't find where these lead shot were supposed to be coming out of it was because we had put the tube to come out through the bottom of the jack stand. <laughs> so, you know, because you got a jack peg that's yeah, right yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of the chassis, and that's where they put the jack in, and it fits into the into this cup, right? Yeah. So when they put the jack up there, it covers up the hole where this lead shot was coming out. They never could figure it out, you know, years after the fact. You know, it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Penalize me and take my championship away? No. <laughs> so, you know, they were that's like, yeah, that's, that's what we used to do. Um, that is freaking hilarious. But, yeah. I do. It's great. Um, Brittany Griner's back in the news. She has she and her pro, uh, her her defense team are appealing the Russian court decision. Yeah, as soon as they got it done, they 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 appealed it. What, what, yeah, but, what's gonna what's sad is what this is what's gonna happen. Okay, I, I already know what's gonna happen because they couldn't do it until they they wanted to prosecute her first. They wanted everybody to know that Russia has no. Uh, uh, goes for the justice. Mm-hmm. She did. Yes, she did wrong. She brought in uh, an illegal substance into Russia, but they wanted to make a statement. And afterwards, they're going to do a trade. Uh, what's hurting? What, what literally for this trade is hurting her right now is her popularity. It's like, hey, yeah, she's popular now. So what we're going to do is. We're going to go ahead and we're going to ask for more. And yeah. it's messing up this tr- uh, trade so she can get back in the United States. Well, uh, she's, she already said that this coming season she was going to boycott the national anthem. She was going to stay in the locker room until it was done. I don't. I think she's got that covered already. But, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. former, former, uh, the former governor of New Mexico, Bill Richardson, he told ABC News Tuesday, I think, um, he said something about he's optimistic that they're going to bring Brittany Griner and uh, Paul Whelan uh, back from Russia through a prisoner exchange. Yeah. Now, it's... why it matters is that he's also a former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. Uh, he's been involved in negotiations uh, with 
uh, Americans before. Now, uh, the def uh, DOD press secretary, uh, John Kirby, I think his name is, last month, uh, he said that uh, the Biden administration asked Richardson to work to release Americans being wrongfully held in Russia. But, well, here's the problem. Brittany Griner's not wrongfully being held. She legitimately broke a law. She was tried and convicted. So, you know, there's that. Um, uh, I mean, he helped with the, the release of Danny Foster, who was a journalist in uh, uh, Myanmar, uh, Trevor Reed, who was released from Russia through a prisoner exchange earlier this year. And it's like, why are we exchanging prisoners to begin with? I mean, I get if they're legitimately being wrongfully held, then fine, we work for the release. But if they if they actually screwed the pooch and they stepped on her lips like we like we had point like I had pointed out in my monologue a couple of weeks ago, she's play she plays in the Russian uh, she plays in Russia during the off season just to play basketball. So she knows the rule, she knows the laws. Yeah, she says, oh. Well, yeah, they're in there, but I, I just I packed them on accident when I, I was just in a hurry. No, you thought you were going to be slick. You thought wrong. I mean, you you played a stupid game. You win a very stupid prize. I mean, I hate the fact that you're having to. I mean, I hate the fact that you're having to be put in the gulag and then possibly fight demigorgons. But that you brought that on yourself, sister. See, here's I mean, the, or does she identify as a man? I don't know. No, she's a woman. Uh, here's the thing, okay? This is this is my conspiracy theory on this, man. Well, conspiracy on it. It's not a theory. Here's my thing on it. My thing on it is what I think happened last year when she came through. She probably just put that in there, and then they they the delegates going, okay, she's playing for thuts and everything like that. We'll let her pass, huh. and then. And then this year they're going with uh, they're going to war with Ukraine. They're uh, United States is selling stuff to Ukraine, not to Russia. And they're going this this time we kind of we kind of don't want that. You're going to jail. That's what yeah, I mean. Happened. Yeah, I mean she probably got a wink and a hug from from some customs agent coming in and out of Russia. But this time they were like, "Eh, no, he's uh, he's got the day off. You deal with me, bitch." <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You deal with me, bitch. I mean, <laughs> in Mother Russia, prison go to you. But you know, it, I she just needs to stop. I mean, honestly, if she wants to set a better example, I mean, because when she comes back, she's only going to fill a quarter of the seats for two weeks, and then everybody's going to forget that she's there. And the only people that are going to continue to praise her name is going to be ESPN, ABC, and that's only because they're owned by the same parent company, and so, these liberal so, news outlets. So what you're saying is, is they're going to get a disabled person that only has like, a, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think the quarter. Uh, he only has an arm and he's in a wheelchair. Watch the game. No, this is playing on the idea that that's a quarter of a person. I understand what you're saying. I understand a quarter of the seats for the capacity of the stadiums that she's going to start or she's going to play in. Now, I mean, remember what 
the commissioner of the WNBA said, is that we stand to lose hundreds of dollars, several hundreds of dollars. <laughs> like, when I read that, What's when I read that, I, was, I read that, and I'm like, wait, is that a typo? I went back and read it again. I'm like, I know I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm not dyslexic. That's just several hundreds of dollars. Stop. I gotta stop. I'm like, I'm sitting there going, holy hell. That does say several hundreds of dollars. (laughs) Oh man. You know, I mean, that, that was awesome. That was uh, good, but we got to get a Colin on here so he can do his. Well, so he's doing meet the teacher tonight. He did text me. Okay. And, Okay, so we're going to kind of do uh, – let's see if I can figure this out on the fly here. I can do a really good quick joke. No, I got one. Okay. I got one. He sent, it, he, sent it, he sent the joke that he wanted to do. Okay. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the intro. If it's not good, I'm going to take over. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, angry faithful of all ages, it's that time – once again, that you've all come to know and love. It's joke time with Colin. Now, filling in for Colin this week is his dad, me, the man, the myth, the legend, 230 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Here's his joke of the week. Sex is like math. You add the bed, subtract the clothes, divide the legs, and pray. You don't multiply. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helped because I gave it my my best micro delivery. <laughs> there was one I saw. As a, I think I sent it. Nobody looks at my fucking videos. But uh, I thought Cynthia the same thing. I, I sent her something, and I was like, "Hey, you need to watch this to help you do your podcast and everything." And then like. Quizzer, I was like, "Did you figure that stuff out? What stuff? This, the video I sent you to help out your podcast, how to uh, make it easier on you for your uh, uh, for uh, do anchor and everything." She's like, "You, you sent me something? Okay, never mind." But uh, no, uh, teacher asked, "What is necromancy?" And uh, kid steps up and is like. It's uh, open up in a cold one uh, with the boys. It's necrophilia. Necrophilia. God damn it. I messed up that joke. <laughs> I'm, man, I don't want to use an excuse, but I just, my, my brain is not fully working. And, and I'm, uh, I can't wait to talk to Tansy. Tansy Tansy's really good. Have you watched Necromancy the- would be the de- the definition of necromancy would be you cast a spell and cracked open a warmed up one. Yeah. Or a reheated no, 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 one. No, no. no Pallet Paladin Paladin uh says raising kids is uh raising a family is hard. Necromancy going not if they're all together. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Well hey. Um that was joke time this week, everybody. That is my <laughs> genetic makeup by proxy being filled in by, well, me. You're welcome. <laughs> All, right. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening, watching, whatever you're doing with us. 
Hopefully nothing too extravagant. Uh, we're gonna have some big stuff happening. We still have to do the psychos and sociopaths. Uh, Columbine High Two, uh, which will be on Friday. But we're gonna have a special guest on Thursday. Um, Friday, we're doing our first walkthrough of the house, and then I've got to drive north and if try to meet anything, her mom, okay. their mom halfway. Okay, what we're going to do is, is uh, Tansy's going to be on on Thursday. We're going to put that on for uh, for Saturday for the Psychos of Sociopaths. Then next week, we'll do the Columbine High uh, Part 2. Uh, we're just having a special guest this week. I got a hold of him. He's a great guy. Uh, he He's one of the hosts, host, hostess, host of uh, Failure to Stop. Is he a ho-ho or a ding-dong? He's probably both. <laughs> Dude, mo- Monday after I sent him the photo, me and him. You're trying him, to tell him that he's never lonely on a Friday night. He is never lonely on a Friday night. Well, he, he also, <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of one of those catch one twenty uh, type deals because he runs a catch twenty two. Well, he has a yeah, catch twenty. Is it? Man, I am mm-hmm. fucking out of it. Uh, but he know he he has a distill uh, distillery. Hillary, uh, yes. He makes, oh. he makes he makes rum in uh, North Carolina. Really? Yeah. Okay. He, man, his 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 stuff that he uh, he's a ex Army Ranger, I think Army Ranger, uh, ex. Uh, uh, I gotta re look at that. Uh, ex police officer. Mm-hmm. And that that is the main reason why I'm gonna have him on because uh, he was a cop for I think eight years. Okay. But catch us later, everybody. Thank you for watching. And everything. I'm Johnny Skelton. I as stated, and this was Nerd Sports episode number seventy. Victory.